So communication breakdowns happen all the time, right? No, no. Don't communicate with her. All right. <laughs> communication breakdowns happen all the time. We, we say one thing, another thing is heard. Um, right now, Hope's vocabulary as an almost two-year-old um, is growing, um, but her articulation can be a little off, right? You know, give her a break. She's 20 months old. So, so there's wa, and wa can mean water or clara or walk. It can mean a number of different things. You have to, like, decipher what is she really saying when she says wa, right? Now, she has an excuse. The rest of y'all, you don't have an excuse. But still, it's hard, right? We try to communicate with one another. We mishear things. Uh, we misinterpret things. We connect things uh, incorrectly. Um, somebody mumbles under their breath, and you hear one thing when they're trying to say another. Um, Laura and I, were always, she, she's trying to lip, um, I'm trying to lip read, and she's trying to mouth things to me from a distance. And I'm like, what, huh? And I, I completely misinterpret what's being said. Or maybe you've experienced something where, where you play the game of telephone, right? Where you have, to, you have to get in a line and you whisper in somebody's ear a message and then they whisper it to the next person and they whisper it to the next person and you get to the end of that and um, it's humorous if it's something completely different and bizarre from what you've started with. Real life is not that funny, right? If there's a miscommunication and you, and you get all bent out of shape because something has been said. Communication is a problem, right? It's a challenge. It's difficult for us. And we've all experienced those kinds of breakdowns. Or think of like a computer system, right? You call into an automated system and you're trying to speak to this not person and they're trying to interpret what you're saying as a person and then feed back to you what it is you've said. And, and you say something like, hold on a second. They say, December 22nd? You're like, no, not December 22nd. I said, hold on a second but they're not a person, so they don't know. Or, or maybe you've got Siri, and you try to tell Siri something, and, and what is, is fed back to you is completely different because they're not hearing correctly. And so these communication snafus can be annoying. They can be challenging. They can even create conflict with us. But what happens when that communication is with God? We're communicating or trying to communicate with God, and there's some breakdown between us and God. Maybe he's not hearing what you think he should be hearing. Or maybe you're not hearing what you think you should be hearing. You say, God, why aren't you listening to me? And there's this breakdown between us and God. Now that gets frustrating. That gets disappointing, even hurtful, when we, when we think, God, why are you not hearing me? Why are you not listening to me? Why don't you hear my voice? Or you go through those dark times where you don't hear God's voice. And you say, God, where are you? I can't hear you. Where's the voice of God? And these are common experiences. And you find yourself in one of those dark places. Take some hope and encouragement to know that we all find ourselves in those places. We find ourselves in those places where, where we say, God, are you listening God, why, why can I not hear you? We find ourselves in those places. And the, those are the times where I love the Psalms. Because I can speak Psalms and pray through Psalms when I don't have words myself. And then those Psalms speak to me. And God speaks to me in those times.
I've talked before about how, how important Psalm 23 is to me because when we were first finding out about hope and, and the challenges that we were going to face with her, I didn't know what to pray or how to pray, and so I was just able to recite Psalm 23 over and over and over. That was all that I can do in that time. And so the Psalms speak to us, and God speaks to us through the Psalms. And so, so this morning, we're going to spend time in Psalm 119. Now, Psalm 119, if you'll notice, is very long. <laughs> and it's divided up into 22 sections. And each section is for one of the letters of the Hebrew alphabets. And so for us, it would be section A, section B, section C, going through all 22 letters of the Hebrew alphabet. And each section is composed of eight lines. And if you look at all 22 sections of, of Psalm 119, you'll see a common theme. Each of these sections are repeats of the section before, with just slight variations, just changing how it was said before. But they're all in this similar theme. And as you look through Psalm 119, you're going to find a few things, a few truths about who God is and God's word to us. The first thing you're going to find as we read through Psalm 119 is God's instructions are important because they come from God. It's a simple concept, but we forget that, right? Who the messenger is dictates how important that message is. Where that message comes from tells us how important it is. And so when we look at the word of God, it is the word of God. It's coming from God, so it's important. And sometimes we forget that as we read through Scripture, it's coming from God. This is his message to us. These are his words to us. And it's important that we listen because of the source that's coming from God. Another thing that we're going to find is that the word of God calls for obedience and faith. That when God gives us instructions, when God tells us something, when he calls us to something, it's requiring some action. It's requiring that our faith in what God is saying is lived out in obedience. That it should lead to a change in our lives as we encounter the words of God. It's also going to tell us that the word of God is given to us but we never possess it. We don't own it. That we seek it, and we study it, and we listen to it. God gives it to us, but it is still God's. And then the fourth thing that we'll see as we read through Psalm 119 is that the instruction comes from God, but it has to lead to a conversion of the heart. That we don't just simply take this message from God and hold it there. But our heart has to change. Who we are changes when we encounter the word of God. And so these are themes that you'll see repeated in every section through Psalm 119. And we can take just one section and it's going to be representative of the whole. Now, when it's repeated over and over and over, it helps it helps sink in deeper. There's this repetition with these variations, and it helps us focus. 
It helps us in our, in our contemplation of the text. And it creates this mood of concentration as we approach Scripture. When you think about the songs that we sing on Sundays, there are some songs that have lots of repetition, much to some of your frustration. But that repetition is seen in the Psalms as well. That there's this going over something, over and over and over. Psalm 119 goes through 167 lines of the same thing. It must be important to dwell on these things. And so we're going to look at Psalm 119, starting in verse 105 through 112. This is one of the 22 sections. It's kind of representative of the whole. As we go through this, listen to the themes of God's instruction, and the importance of God's instruction, and the role of his instruction in our lives. Your word is a lamp to my feet, a light on my path. I've taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. Will follow. There will be obedience. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in my hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I, will not, I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. So we look at these instructions of God, this word of God, the law of God, the precepts of God, the instructions of God, the decrees of God. And what do we do with those? We hold on to them. We listen to them. We listen to the word of God. And we obey. We follow. Our hearts are changed. Our hearts are converted as we listen to God and interact with his word. And so as, as followers of Jesus, it's important for us to hear God's word. This is the theme here. It's important to hear. It's important to see things God's way and recognize God's voice in our lives. But what if we don't get it? What if we, we're in those times where we feel like we're not hearing God? What if God speaks, but we don't hear the message? There's a disconnect. Or maybe we're playing a game of telephone, and by the time we get the message, it just doesn't make sense anymore. Why do we miss out on these messages from God? Why do we not hear the voice of God? Sometimes we don't recognize the voice of God because it's something that we don't want to hear. Right? When we don't want to hear something about what's going on in our lives, when we don't want to hear a certain message, we, we know that this might be what God is saying, but I really don't want to hear that right now. And so those biases close our ears to what is being said. We don't fully hear what God is communicating to us, the message that he's sending us, because we really don't want to hear it. We really don't want to hear it. There's something in the passage of Scripture, or maybe it's a message from the pulpit, or it's maybe even a reprimand from a godly friend of ours 
but we don't want to hear it. We only want to hear what pleases our ears. We only want to hear what we want to be said. But we also have difficulty hearing the voice of God is because we find that, that we're really not very good listeners. Right? In, in relationships, there are people who talk a lot and people who listen. And we wonder why the other person isn't listening and you realize it's because you're the one doing all the talking. And so we, we enter into this relationship with God and wonder, God, why aren't, you, why aren't you speaking to me? I can't hear you. Maybe you need to stop talking so much. <laughs> Maybe there are times where we need to pause and, and say, God, what are you saying to me? That I'm, I'm busy trying to study scripture and get the right answer, or I'm busy trying to tell you what you should be doing in my life, or I'm busy with life in general. I'm not even slowing down enough to hear what you have to say. The message can't come at me because my pace is so out of control, I have no margin to even hear God speak. And so we set up an environment where even if we wanted to hear from God, God can't get a word in because we're so busy. Busy talking, busy problem solving, busy studying, busy doing spiritual things, busy doing church things. We don't hear God anymore because of that pace. We're told in Scripture that we're told that Scripture is a light and a lamp. We desperately want light when it's dark. We desperately want to be able to see the path that we're on. If you're out in the woods on a dark night and the path is not clear, I want a flashlight. And how ridiculous would it be for us to say, I want a flashlight, but I'm just going to try to figure it out myself anyway. And don't we approach life that way sometimes? That there's a rocky path in front of us, a difficult place to be, and we say, yeah, I got this. I don't really need a flashlight. I don't need a light for my path. I'm perfectly self-sufficient. And then I wonder why my knees are all bruised up along the way. Scripture, the Word of God, is a light unto our path. And we should be able to recognize the voice of God. Psalm 119, along with lots of other psalms, reminds us of the importance of listening to God. And we don't always recognize His voice. And it's this breakdown in communication that can become discouraging. It can disorient us because there are times where even we, we are pursuing the voice of God with everything that we have and we find ourselves in a dark night wondering where the voice of God is. And that is a reality of this journey. And that's another conversation for another time. But we need to be pursuing the voice of God. Sometimes it's helpful for us just to approach Scripture and to approach God in a different way. That we have a certain way of approaching Scripture, we have a certain way of approaching God, and sometimes it's good to shift gears a little bit. 
There's one practice that I have found to be particularly helpful, and that is called uh, Lectio Divina, this sacred reading. It's, old, it's an old method of pr- approaching Scripture, but this sacred reading is a way to engage with Scripture in a way different from the way we usually do. It's not to, to study the Greek forms of certain words, it's not to, to, to read through the Bible in a year and get through things very quickly. It's a time to, to sit and dwell on a certain passage for an extended period of time and listen for the voice of God in that passage. It's a method of reading that is, is based on the belief that Bible reading is an encounter with God. It's not just an intellectual pursuit. It's not an impersonal search for information. It is an encounter with God. And and too often we approach Scripture like it's a textbook full of answers to all of our questions. We have a question, we open up the Bible, we find the answer, then we move on. And while Scripture definitely is a place to go to for answers, that's not the only way we approach the Bible. God does not always speak in the language of rules and regulations or black and white answers to questions. He is not Google, not Wikipedia. But God desperately wants a relationship and a connection with us and encounters us through his word. He pursues us in that It's this kind of connection with God that that carries us through those dark times. It's that connection that, that carries us through hardship and distress and persecution and famine and peril and violence. When we have that deep connection with God, God wants us to to God wants to speak clearly to us. He wants us to hear his voice. He wants us to know how much he loves us. And so this hunger for connection comes through very clearly in Psalm 119. When the author cries out, I have suffered much. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. In my suffering, God, preserve me through your word. And so the Bible isn't this dry textbook. It's not this answer book. It's not a reference book that we go to for quick answers to tough questions. Instead, it is an invitation to us to enter into this personal encounter with God, to hear his word more clearly than before. And this is where a practice like Lectio Divina can help, a practice of sacred reading. It's a style of reading that begins with a slow and reverent look at a short passage, allowing the words to sink in, allowing, uh, allowing us to slow down enough to hear the words of God. And so there are four phases of this type of reading. And they're not firm, rigid rules. And if you look it up, they probably all have different titles in different sources. But there's basically four phases of this that we're going to go through together this morning as we look at Psalm 119. The first one is reading. You have to read it to get the words, but it's a slow reading, a reading of of listening to God. You read through the entire passage, pick a short passage. You read through that entire passage slowly, listening to God address you personally. What is God saying to you through this passage? And then you pause for a minute or two after the first reading, and then you go back and read it again. And then you probably need to pause again and go back and read it a third time, because our 
heads are so noisy. And in that third reading, there will be a listen for a certain phrase or a certain word that just jumps out at you and captures your imagination at that moment. It could be just a word in that. It could be a phrase. And then you go into the second step, which is reflecting. You take that phrase or you take that word and you just reflect on that word and spend time on that word. Maybe repeat it over and over in your head or maybe you need to do it out loud because we have attention issues. But we go through that word or phrase over and over, and and we interact with that. We allow our mind to to sink into that word or phrase. And in that word or phrase, you, you are able to interact with your own thoughts and your own hopes, your memories, your imagination, your desires, your fears. It will trigger these different things as you go through, and then that will lead you to the third phrase, or third third phase of this, which is prayer. Now you start to talk to God about what it is that he's saying to you. Talking to God about how this, this particular word resonates with you in this particular season of life. Maybe as you read through this, the word suffering pops up. Or maybe the word joy pops up. Different words will, will, will interact with us in different ways based on the season of life that we're in. And then the fourth phase is the strangest for us the most difficult for us because it is the phase of rest where you just simply sit in the presence of God and enjoy being in his presence. Oh, that's hard for us, especially those of us who are task-oriented and on to the next thing because step four is not about doing anything. Step four is about being a certain way, being with God. And so this morning, instead of spending a lot of time talking about Psalm 119, even though I've been talking a lot already, instead of talking a lot about Psalm 119, I want us to dwell on Psalm 119 and go through this practice. You know, from time to time, I like to do things that are weird and uncomfortable. Um, And this is the one that will most connect with the introverts, because I'm not going to make you talk to anybody this time. Um, So this is going to be an opportunity. I'm getting a thumbs up from the introverts in the room. Thank you for not making me walk across the room and talk to somebody. But this will be time between you and God because for many of us, our pace has been so crazy up until this very moment that you look back on your week and realize, I may not have spent any time with God. Maybe you've spent a ton of time with God this week, and that is great. But many of us have been so busy and have neglected that, that just taking this moment to pause can be a rich experience. And so maybe this is a practice that you have used before. Maybe it's similar to other practices that you've used. There's no, no formula or rule that says this is the way to do it, but this is how we're going to do it right now. <laughs> and we're going to spend some time in Psalm 119 as we just spend time with God. And so this may be uncomfortable for you because it's different, but I want you to come at it with an open mind, come at it with, with a, a, a willingness and a receptivity to hear what God has to say in this moment. So if you would, just close your eyes for a moment and get comfortable. Not sleepy comfortable, but comfortable. And spend just a moment between you and God just saying, God, I want something from you this morning. Just give me a word. Give me a message. Give me an encounter with you. Just pray that you will be open to what God has for you this morning.
We've already read through verses 105 through 112 a couple times this morning. I'm going to read through it two more times. Listen for a word or phrase that just captures your attention as I read through this again. I'll pause at the end and then repeat it again and pause again. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I have suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your ways. Though I constantly take my life in your hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me, but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. My heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light on my path. I have taken an oath and confirmed it that I will follow your righteous laws. I've suffered much. Preserve my life, Lord, according to your word. Accept, Lord, the willing praise of my mouth and teach me your laws. Though I constantly take my life in your hands, I will not forget your law. The wicked have set a snare for me but I have not strayed from your precepts. Your statutes are my heritage forever. They are the joy of my heart. Your heart, my heart is set on keeping your decrees to the very end. And so now move into the second phase of this where we reflect on a word or phrase. Dwell on that word or phrase. Repeat it in your mind. Meditate on it. So spend just a moment with the words that we've read. Reflect on those words, the ones that stand out to you the most. I'll give you just a minute for that. As you reflect and meditate on that word or phrase, I'm transitioning into a time of prayer, a conversation, a dialogue between you and God have that conversation with him as he invites us deeper into a, a greater levels of understanding, a deeper levels of, of discipleship and obedience. What is it that you're hearing from God? And have a conversation with God about that now. As you wrap up that conversation, move into a time of just resting in the presence of God. This is a difficult one. I, I envision my, my early mornings, uh, my uh, Annabeth or Hope will wake up in the morning and they'll come downstairs and they just want to sit in my lap. They don't want to do anything else but just sit there in my presence a similar time with God, that we just sit in his presence. We're not talking. There's not a lot going on. We're just in his presence, 
to sit in God's presence for a moment. And as you sit in God's presence, I want us to, to transition to our time at the table. Because when we think about listening to the word of God, the thing that comes to mind immediately is John chapter 1. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And God wants us to hear His Word so much that He would send His Word to us in the flesh. That He would send Jesus to us so that we can experience God in a way that goes beyond words on a page, goes beyond Scripture, goes beyond rules and regulations. He loves us so much that he would send his word to us to dwell with us. So for those of you who are, are serving this morning, if you could go ahead and make your way um, to the communion tables um, and help us to prepare for this time of communion. John 1, 9 says, The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. He was in the world, and though the world was made through him, the world did not recognize him. Right? We're too busy to hear the word of God. We're too consumed with our own thing to, to recognize who Jesus is. Verse 11, he came to that which was his own, but his own did not receive him. Yet to all who did receive him, to those who believed in his name, he gave the right to become children of God, children born not of natural descent, nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. The word became flesh and made his dwelling among us. We have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father full of grace and truth. And so we come every Sunday to the table to encounter the presence of God, to hear the word of God over us. In the beginning was the word. And we come to this table to remember Jesus, this message to us, a message of love and grace and forgiveness, that God is pursuing us with everything that he has and wants us to encounter him wants to connect with us, wants us to hear his voice and recognize his voice. And so, God, we take this bread this morning. God, as we, we break this bread, we remember who Jesus is, that he comes to dwell with us so that we can see you and know you in ways that we never could before. It's in his name we pray. Amen. Let's pray together. God, we thank you for this cup. We thank you for what it represents as your son um, dying on a cross for us.
God, we, we long to hear your voice. We long to hear your, your words to us. So God, as we, as we take this cup, we pray that we will have ears to hear and that we will know, know you more uh, deeply, more fully as we take this cup. It's in Jesus' name we pray, amen.